Product Interview of the Month with Andreas Schneider, Chief Information Security Officer at Tamedia. much for taking the time and for being here and explaining what actually cybersecurity means. Yeah, maybe first of all you could start by telling us um, like a story or an anecdote, um, mm -hmm. something of your most funny or most memorable moments in your job. There, there was one story I was working before I joined Tamedia. Um, I was working for the Swiss Broadcasting Company and there was the big question, shall we go to the cloud? And going to the cloud usually people feel that they lose control and they said hey and you as a Caesar you have to avoid that and I was I had these pros and cons going to the cloud or not so now things have passed but it was a big discussion a couple of years ago and then I remember a story where I was not responsible for physical security so the entrance and stuff but I got all the reports so that we harmonize physical and cybersecurity. And then I got a report that someone entered the building and he was wearing a green frog costume. And of course, it's a controlled entrance, but um, everyone let the, let the guy in because everyone said, okay, he's wearing a green frog costume. Of course, he must belong to a show or something, so it's quite obvious that, that they let the person in. And the person then was able to get to the server rooms, still wearing that huge green frog costume, as, as well as going to the canteen and, and um, shouting at people and stuff. And then someone realized, okay, he doesn't belong to anyone. He just was wearing a green frog costume and entered the building. And um, if you go to a data center of Microsoft or Google or Amazon, and you try to wear a green frog costume, you won't be able to enter the building. So it's usually something about that you think you are better because you can control it, but in fact others might be better than you. So this was more or less the, the story I usually use to explain why it's a good thing to go to the cloud, because you don't have to care of that thing, and it's usually a human thing um, where people lack and there others are just better. Than, than we were. So at Tamedia we are a little bit better, so we are already almost everything is in the cloud, but still you have that feelings and you could say urban legends, so you shouldn't do that because it's, it's too dangerous. But uh, in reality things usually look a little bit different. Okay, thank you very much. It was a really interesting story. So maybe you should, could explain the importance of cybersecurity in Tamedia. Why should anyone want to hack us? Because there's basically nothing to get, is there, at the meeting? There is a lot to get. So, um, there's, if you, there are different types of hackers. The, the ones that just want to have, let's say, your account, your password, or something like that. That's, for example, if, if, if someone gets one Gmail account, that's worth $2 in the darknet. So, you could say if you, if you count it up with three and a half thousand people, that doesn't sound much, but it's something um, hackers use. Just, I would say, the typical criminal tries to get the data. 
um, if you take your, let's say, PayPal account, it's worth $200 per account. If you take um, uh, a credit card account, it's worth $300. So there are a couple of things that are worth for an attacker. And that's no difference uh, if you are a private person or a business person. The next thing is, uh, you might have already seen that, that if you, if you get a ransomware attack, so it's a kind of malware that encrypts your computer, and then it asks you for a ransom. So usually if you are a private person, um, they ask for around $500 in Bitcoin or another currency, and then you, you can decrypt your data. So out of that, there is a real business model to attack people. Attacking um, corporate customers is, is much better because uh, corporations usually, so around 20% of corporations pay a ransom and there are malware dedicated for corporations. So the, the ransom is then not 500, but maybe 100,000 or 300,000. So, and these are just criminals that try to to make a benefit. So, and for, they don't care if it's Tamedia or another company, they just want to earn money. So these are the, let's say, the easy attackers, because there are easy measures against it. Um, more difficult are attackers that try, for example, to infiltrate media. So there's, for example, a group called APT28. They attack media companies. They have done that now for the last years. They are a part of the, or closely close to the Russian government and they try to infiltrate media to gain influence in case something happens, elections are happening. So this is then the more difficult part. These are state-sponsored uh, attackers and they care about Tamedia because they know that this is, this is a, the largest private media company. So let's say this is the media part of Tamedia. And having access there means having access to one of the pillars of democracy in Switzerland. And they try to attack all media companies worldwide. And if, for example, Tamedia uh, is attacked several times and people lose trust that we are, uh, let's say, a good media company, they lose trust in, in, in the whole communication in media. And this is part of our democracy. So these are dangerous attacks uh, don't happen very often, but they happen. And so this is also one part where, um, let's say, uh, Tom Media is attacked. And then we have on the other side the digital companies where fraudsters try to gain access. So, for example, selling some items uh, on, on Ricardo or Tutti uh, is something that is, is beneficial for an attacker. They try to get email addresses and stuff then make false uh, offerings on the platform. And this is a reputation damage for the, for, for example, for Ricardo or Tutti. And on the other hand, a loss uh, for the people who try to offer something. So I would say we have different attackers and Tamedia has a lot to, to attack. What exactly do you do here at Tamedia? My role is described as Chief Information Security Officer. This sounds a little bit, uh, boring, but it is in, in the end defending uh, Tamedia against these attackers and hackers and protecting us. And for example, if we build a new 
20 minute front end or if we build uh, a new platform that this is resilient enough against attacks so that in the end no one no one should need me you should have the trust that nothing can happen so i try to bring my expertise so that the the, the digital products are have built in security and if something happens i'm there to uh, to help recovering as fast as possible. So you could describe it like that. What can product people do to avoid being hacked? It's, it's a very good question. It's something I believe there is a little misconcept in agile developments. So agile is something very important because you get much more efficiency out of people. So this is my view on it. And also you have that feedback-driven approach that also helps improving products incrementally. But in the beginning, you usually have the idea of an MVP, so the minimal viable product. And as the name says, it's minimal. So usually you try, maybe you start before with, with prototyping and stuff, then you think that's the good way then let's make a MVP out of it and test it with people and improve it then incrementally. But one problem is that security is never part of that. So you then develop usually a minimal viable product that fulfills the basic needs, the basic functionalities are in there, and then you do the first field testing with people, then you improve that until you get better and better. The problem is if you then, for example, do a security analysis and you find out holy shit this is completely crap it's good from a functionality point of view but technically it's really not good you should redo everything you can't do that then you are stuck in, in, in a very difficult situation that you have to to attach security around it and build workarounds and this usually never works this is usually bad and very very expensive you can do security in the end and build uh, walls, you could describe it like walls, uh, but they will have holes and these walls are very expensive. But if you build in security from the beginning on, um, this is something where you won't have the need for the walls in the end, because you know everything will just work. So what product people can do is they, they need to be aware that security needs to be part of an early stage of, of an MVP, or let's say after the MVP, that you need to build it in. So bringing the priority in the end for the, for the product owners, that security also needs to be taken care of. Even if it slows down in the beginning the process a little bit, it might speed it up in the end. What's the goal of a hacker normally? Yeah, as I said, there are different types of attackers. So you have the easiest one is the script kitty. This was the description we used in the 90s. Um, so I'm getting old. <laughs> so in the 90s, young people with, uh, with programming skills also tried it to misuse it, but more or less to do jokes. So this was the script kitty, and they used tools also the professional hackers use. So they will try to scan your application. If they find something, maybe they will upload uh, a, f a, f a funny picture 
um, a naked cat, so it's <laughs> nothing maybe you would upload, but this is something script kiddies do. They just want to have fun. So and then you have the criminals. Um, uh, they just want to get money. So they will try to also, with the same tools, scan your applications. And then if they find something, it's a matter of time. They know the worth of an eight-day hacking. And if it takes too long, they will go away and choose another victim. So this is a very, very com commercial business. You can rent it in the internet. You can say, rent hackers. These are companies doing it nine to five, but it must be worth for them. So, and go getting into companies, they get much money out of it. So it's worth a certain, let's say a couple of days trying to get in. But then it's enough. They, they won't uh, get deeper. So if you, if you have barriers that are high enough or you make it difficult enough for them, they will go away. Uh, and the last ones are the state-sponsored hackers. So the NSA or the FSB from Russia or the NDB from Switzerland. They have unlimited resources. So if they want to get in, they will get in. They have unlimited time and unlimited resources. And there you can't protect yourself enough against them. But if you detect it, you can have some kind of business continuity plan. So you know these kind of people can get in, but you need to have some kind of plan B. If they are in, what would you do? So these are the three types of attackers. And the important thing is that you that you cover, um, that you get rid of the first two ones, so the criminals and the script kiddies, and have some measures in it that you can have a plan B for the third one, the, the state-sponsored attackers. Okay. What's the greatest challenge in your job? I would say the one thing is that really people think it can't happen to me. It's a natural thing. But it's the, you, could, you could say that's something very common. People think it won't happen to me, especially in Switzerland. So I'm German and so um, I have an intrinsic mistrust in my DNA. That's something Germans have. That's a big difference to Swiss people. When I moved to Switzerland, um, they, they told me, yeah, we have to make a renovation of your flat you can give us the key. And I thought, no way, I would never do that. But many neighbors here I had said, why not? Why should someone really steal from us? In the end, no one thought that this could happen. So it's, that's the physical world. And in the digital world, it's the same. Why should someone steal from me? And why should someone attack me? Uh, and attackers don't care. They just scale their attack. With one attack, they can reach millions of people. So they don't care if it's Swiss or Germans. And this, I would say, the positive behavior of Swiss people to have that trust um, uh, that everything will be good, uh, that's a dangerous thing. And you, of course, have that with, let's say, the normal employees. If you go to the upper management, the senior management, they are usually not the youngest. They are in higher age, even higher than I am. <laughs> and uh, there this is much more in the DNA, that 
why should someone attack us? And to explain to them that it's, it's really they that could be attacked is difficult for them to understand. So it's really, this awareness is difficult. And even if I tell it one time, they say, oh yeah, you're right. But two months later, it's again about EBITDA and numbers, so they forget it because the priority is changing for them again. And you have to repeat and repeat it again until they really understand it. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge. And I would say the other challenge is just that uh, it's getting faster and faster and more complicated. So in the past, attacks were quite simple. You, you, you scanned something, you found something, and you could get in with one, let's say, attack method. Today, it's a really complicated business. So there are uh, conferences where hackers com com combine different attack methods, and they gain so much money out of that, so that it's, it's also technologically very, very advanced. You could say the, the, the progress that is done there is immense, also with machine learning, AI. So it's nothing, nothing new, but they, they misuse these technologies. And defending against that is really difficult. You have to, to really try to, to be ahead all the time. You can't say, I put that software solution on my client and I'm happy for the next five years. It's changing so fast that you have to continuously do things. And this is also difficult because, again, then you have people working on the computers. They feel, but you have already done that two years ago. All the security, it's a burden. So it's really finding that, that balance between changes you do for, for the people, explaining it to the people, but still having enough protection for your company overall. So this is, I would say, that's the, the biggest challenge. It's more than one challenge, but having, achieving the right balance of, out of all of that is the biggest challenge. What mistakes have you learned from? A lot. A lot. So there, I would say, the first thing I learned is um, uh, when my son was born, I really learned a difference between having control and trusting. And it's something I had to learn as a, as a security person. You want to control everything. So if you, if you would have control over everything, then you would um, avoid any attack. But in the end, it's not how humans work. So if my son is climbing somewhere up, he's now almost four years old, so if he's climbing somewhere up, I can tell him 100 times, be careful, if you fall down, it will hurt. Don't climb up there. But he will do it. So um, what I learned is that the best thing is if he feels at one time that it's dangerous and then he really learns out of his own experience. So um, I'm there, I have to trust, I have to encourage him, climb up uh, and then be there if he falls so that he can recover quickly. Um, if I make that walls, if you now translate it to security, the walls of security, the burdens and the protection, you say to people, don't click there, you have to do that, don't do that, people won't listen to that. They will find 
ways around. But if they will experience the, the real damage and you are able to contain it in, so that it's not a huge damage, for them it's an experience, but then you have the best experience so that they learn from that. And this has changed just due to the fact that, that I became father, but it really helped to understand that people are different. So you really have to um, trust in people and give that trust. That's one thing. The other thing is that I uh, was, I wouldn't say, I never was a traditional CISO, but I tried to make, for example, a security policy. You have to work like that. And I had to learn that, for example, digital companies are different. And when I was working for the Swiss Broadcasting Company, we had many, many digital, you could say, hubs. These were like companies. And I thought, okay, they are digital, so I made one digital security policy, but everyone worked differently. And I had to, I had to learn that these are really good things, that they are very efficient, they produced or they programmed fantastic products, and they are also good in security. So I had to adapt my own approach from a, let's say, top-down approach to a, you could say, bottom-up uh, approach. And it has become like an infection to me, so I truly believe in the pure bottom-up approach, then up to the senior management so that they feel it's top-down, but it actually is bottom-up. So I had to change it completely. And this is what I learned because it didn't work with them. They, they found workarounds, bypassed all security stuff. And they even didn't want to discuss security topics with me because they knew that it was not correct what they did, but they worked more efficiently like that. And I believe now that it's, I want to bring the best, let's say, working experience to developers and people because then they will follow some basic principles I want to apply. And I want to really make them then feel these principles because if they feel them, they have that experience and learn from it. So I really want to more have a trust relationship to people and give them more freedom. Um, uh, and this usually really helps. And this is something I, I had to change completely. It's, it's, uh, it's a 180 degree change to what I did in the past. How do you normally address companies about technical matters in a way that they can understand? And how do you address the board about these questions? Mm -hmm. These are different, let's say, um, levels. So if you go um, to a board meeting, you still have humans in there. So you need to understand and feel how they are, uh, on which triggers do they react. Is it money? So is it really money-driven? Then you can easily bring up examples about attacks. So I have had a couple of them. So if your company, for example, if it's a GDPR case, so if personal identifiable information like your, your name and your, could be a password, birthday or something, is affected with an attack, it might cost you up to 20 million. This is what they understand. Um, if it's more like a ransomware attack, so there was a, 
was an attack against Maya Tobler, for example, I think, a couple of weeks ago. It cost them two million and four days outage, everything. So the, the two million is the one thing to reconstruct everything. The four-day outage of business, for some companies, this could be the end of the business. So this is what senior management really understands, besides some personal things. So they usually also get uh, spam mails and stuff. If you go now to, to the employees, you can, you can try to explain to them the basic things. So um, don't use um, the Tamedia account for somewhere in the internet. Because if that is then hacked and use the same password, then maybe your, the attacker will try to use that username and password everywhere. And then he just collects data, so the Gmail account is $2 worth and a couple of other things. Um, so this is what the normal employees usually address. It's the same like you should do, to, do at home. Also, do some backups, uh, patch your systems. So what you should do at home is the same here. It applies the same. If you find something that is uh, looking weird, then it's good to contact people like me. It's not bad. Even if you clicked somewhere, you shouldn't be ashamed to click somewhere because it was a mail stating that you get 50% for Apple products, for example. It's okay. All are human and um, you can forward that and we will also keep it confidential. If I talk to technical people, developers especially, it's much more I need to take care of. I need to explain to them what tools are there so that security is built in in all of their products, what they do. Because if you do it in the beginning, it's, it's much better. And of course, developers, every developer is the most awesome developer in the world and they usually know everything. So if you come from the outside and say, yeah, but you, you didn't develop it correctly, so there you, you need to find the right words with the developers. So you could say these are three languages you have to speak. And if I talk to salespeople, um, it would be again another language, but the message is usually the same. There are some fundamentals you have to do. Um, and for the board, it's important, and the senior management, they need to give enough money and priority for security. And if you go then to the product people, they need to prioritize uh, the thing. But that's what their management needs to understand. There must be a little bit of security in the whole thing. And for the developer then as well, they need to have a, a, a partial security stories uh, either developed by themselves or that I help them so that they can build it in. But it's a combination of all of them. So everyone needs to understand security must be a part. For the board, it's money. Usually it's just money and time. Uh, and then if you go down, you come up to technical measures. And for employees, it's the same, more or less. You can't say today that, you, that it's not my responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility. What is the most likely threat for Tamedia in particular? It's actually that uh, a digital company is attacked via the internet. It's the one side, so it could be scanning 
usually the, the legacy world, so the legacy applications that are there, and then an attacker finds a weakness and tries to take over that. So this is really something where we also have cases where attackers try to get in. And there are then GDPR-related issues with that. So if the attacker gets access to, to personal information, you have to somehow deal with that. That's something I care of in our privacy officer. And there you have a count of 72 hours. If you don't report that in that time frame, you can be sued by some governments. So it's really, this is usually something where time is very important. Then um, it's malware on end computers. So that end people click on a link or something and that the malware spreads. These are usually these two type of attacks that are most common. So is security worth the investment? Yes, of course, <laughs> I have to say that. Um, but the good question is how much investment is security worth? So. Uh, and this really depends. So a good example is, for example, when I drive with my car in Germany and I drive too fast, my um, failure wouldn't be much, you could say it like that. If I drive too fast in Switzerland, the risk is much higher. So it's about understanding the risk, so what might happen, and then deciding what is enough. And of course, there, th this is very different from company to company, but we are on, so we are on, on, on a very good way to have the right balance. And of course, if there are hard times, you have to rebalance it. So also I have, my, by myself, I have to question my security measures if it's worth that. Is it worth that we pay, one example is we pay for a very, advanced antivirus solution for all devices, so all computers, Mac, Windows, Linux, everything, we pay, I, I take a, f a fictive number, let's say $25 per year per device. If I now buy a solution like a password safe that costs 100 per user per year, I have to think, is it really worth spending four times just for the password protection, the other solution already brings me 80% security. So it's, I have to question that all the time. And from a company's perspective, it's really the risk. You have to be aware of the risk and make the right decision about that. A bank is paying like 10 times more than we do. So if someone says we are not a bank, yeah, we are not a bank. Actually not. Also from security's perspective, if I go to Credit Suisse, they have 1,200 security employees. We have, I would say, two to four. So of course you already see there is a, some, some kind of other view on that. Um, but we should do enough. So what is enough? I think we are close to do enough if we do it efficiently. How do you ensure that not just due to a stupid mistake of one single person, the whole company becomes shut down? Yeah, that's difficult. That's, that's difficult. It's, it's officially you call it insider threat. There are different approaches doing that. So you have, for example, like the bank approach, that they try to dictate everything. 
And I believe in trust in people. So if someone feels good, feels great, he won't do you harm. And I tr purely believe that it's better to um, encourage people and, and trust them doing things because if they are happy, they won't do harm to you. If someone pays me one million, I could do harm as well as you as others. So you can't avoid that. But the way, for example, banks are doing that with threatening internal employees, it still doesn't work. The, the CDs have been sold to, to Germany and other countries with data of them because uh, for, for the people it was worth the money and they identify, didn't identify themselves anymore with the company. If, if you create that, that employee experience, you could say it like that, a positive employee experience, this won't happen. So and I am part of that, avoiding that it is negative. It should be positive. People should feel great and should say it's great that we have security. <laughs> but it's actually for me the case. Uh, this would help and will help. I, I purely believe that. What does GDPR mean for us? So as soon as um, EU's, EU data are affected, it's it's relevant for GDPR. So it could be EU citizens in Switzerland or outside Switzerland. So then a GDPR uh, is affected and then you have to deal with the compliance process around GDPR. Have you already recognized the importance of cat pictures in cybersecurity? Actually, yes. There are cat pictures for cybersecurity, so cyber cats and stuff. This is really existing, um, uh, so we could use some kind of that cat pictures. Um, I actually wanted to uh, create an internal bug bounty program. This is something I, I still dream of and uh, it will take some time to develop that, but that we make incentives for people who find security um, weaknesses somewhere. And with that, we could uh, then say if someone has reached a certain score, we could do a Golden Security Cat Award or something out of that. It would be an idea to also incentivize security and make it more important and, let's say, have a funny and gamification view on that. So maybe this would work, but we are still too early for that. This is something on the roadmap that's just not the highest priority for me, but it, it's for me something very important. Bring all people in. Their cats are working, I know that. There exist several legends on and around uh, technology, mm -hmm. one of them being that a Mac is more secure than a Windows computer. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that? That's sadly not true. So, uh, a Windows is not less secure than a Mac. There are statistics from a company. Um, uh, that call that incentify um, uh, malware, and they sell it, uh, for example, for Mac and Windows. So if you develop that, you get money from them. And the amount of money you get for Mac is the same like for Windows. If you take an iPhone, 
An iPhone you get 1 million, up to 1.5 million, but for a Mac or a Windows it's like 100,000. It's the same. And it says something about um, how difficult it is to break such a system. And there is no difference. The only difference is that there are like 95% Windows computers out there. So more attacks happen on Windows because the attackers just target more the Windows side. But there, there is no bigger difference on that. So if you have a Mac computer without antivirus, that's the same like having a Windows without antivirus. It's, it's uh, dangerous. The only thing is that fewer attacks happen against Macs, but this doesn't protect you. There are specific attacks against Macs, and without something on it, you also have the same problem. And Windows has a bad history. It was really bad, but a current Windows 10 computer is uh, as secure as a Mac. And there are other solutions where it's the same people. I, I usually have that is, for example, Firefox more secure than Chrome. That's not the case. Uh, Chrome is more secure than the Firefox from a security perspective. And so you have a couple of these, you could say, urban legends. It's, but it's, it's a feeling like uh, what I said in the beginning is going to the cloud more dangerous or not. It really depends. People have the feeling that if I have my pictures on my NAS at home, they are secure. Until the first flash hits their flat and everything burns down, then the pictures disappear. And there the cloud can really help. Um, so um, around that, there are sadly many urban legends. Uh, for example, also that WhatsApp is unsecure. So WhatsApp is, I wouldn't trust it because it belongs to Facebook, but um, <laughs> WhatsApp, in the end, uses a very secure algorithm like Signal or others. Instead, if you go to Telegram, that has a high reputation, that is much less secure than, for example, WhatsApp. Uh, and if you go to SMS, that's the least secure thing you can do. Or the, there's the telephone. If you can make a, f a phone call via either Skype, WhatsApp, or something else, it's encrypted and more or less secure. If you do the plain telephone, it's really plain. It, it almost has no security in it, like with SMS. So if you can then choose something, you, you could do Signal or Threema, then WhatsApp, and in the end you can somewhere do SMS. But the feeling of people is, I prefer, if it's really important and confidential, I, I send an SMS instead of a WhatsApp. And this is just a feeling thing. It's not nothing that has to do with reality. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so, and what can one do? Also, not just our product people mm -hmm. who are listening, but what can anyone do at the media to protect themselves? What's the least you should do on your personal device, yeah. or also on your company's device? So um, it starts with your account. So your username and your password. You, you should um, always use some kind of password safe. It's really good to have that because it's easier to remember, remember than if you have their password safe. It remembers all the passwords for you. And it also shows you if you have already visited a website and you have the login, it pre-fills that. So it's really, from a user experience, much better than remembering all the passwords. 
You should never use the same password for different websites and accounts. Because if one is hacked, the attackers will use that password everywhere they can try it. So this is the basic thing is your account. This protects your Gmail and everything. This is not really the device, it's the, the account. If you go then down to the device, um, it's up-to-date software. So patches are annoying, but it's really important. As soon as a, as a patch is available, attackers try to attack directly because then they know the vulnerability looks like that and they create malware that is fitting perfectly to that. So the longer you, it takes for you to patch, the longer you are, let's say, unprotected. So the, the patch is the most important thing. Um, the antivirus is the next thing. Even if it's sometimes, um, there are some solutions slowing it down, but Tamedia has a very good solution working on Mac, uh, Linux and Windows that is not slowing down the machine. So this is then this, the second thing you should do on your device. You should encrypt it. Usually this is done by default, but some are not. So encryption is very important because if it's stolen, nothing can happen. So these are three very important things. Then the, the password safe. You should have one. It could be, we as Termedia, we will roll out LastPass combined with the Okta account so that you have not to remember anything, just your account password. And the master password is your account. It will be all Okta in the future. But if you use something else, there are other solutions available. But the, you should use something. That's really the important thing. Um, uh, the account security we looked at, uh, much more you can, can't do. There is one thing you can do. There's this website called Have I Been Pawned. It collects data from breaches and you can enter your email address and, as soon, and make an alert out of that. As soon as somewhere uh, in the darknet this email appears, you get an alert. So you know, okay, I, ch I should change my password for that. And then if, it's, if you have several accounts with different passwords and different um, email addresses, for you it's much easier. If it's then popping up, let's say, uh, Andy Schneider at tamedia.ch appears up and I use it everywhere, um, I have to change the password everywhere. So this is then really very difficult to really find that weak link. So that's why it's important to use one account for one service. And the second factor is something um, uh, you can't work without today. Even if it's a burden, um, the hacking algorithms are just that good that a human can't compete with it. So um, if we think we have a super fantastic password and it's unique, no one will, no one will find it out. Our brain is not unique. There have been um, I think more than, than 2 billion accounts breached and 2 billion unique passwords. And we as humans, we think in patterns. So machines try our human patterns first. And it's never unique what we do. We have systems in our brain and we can't do random. It's just not possible. So um, the, sec the second factor can really help with that. So on an iPhone, the face ID is really fantastic. That's a second factor. And it's done in a way that it's a good user experience. Um, a touch ID also is quite good. Windows has that. Windows Hello 
it's also scanning your face. These are good techniques. And as a fallback still, the, the push notifications are also quite good. And that's the only way to really compete with machines, because then you have to have physical access. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was really interesting. Go a bit long again. Yeah. Do you think you could Yeah, I can it summarize again? it. So um, uh, what you can do is on your account, to protect your account, uh, it's having one password for one account. So not having one password for several accounts. And additionally, doing a second factor on it, like, like Okta Verify or Google Authenticate or others. This really always helps. Um, then on your machine, you can uh, apply patches. This is what you need to do um, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, do drive encryption, backups, so in case something happens, that you have something. Um, uh, apply a proper antivirus. We at Termedia have a, a good one that is working for Mac, Windows, and Linux. and doesn't have too much, doesn't use too much resources. Um, uh, you can use that Have Been Pawned service to monitor your personal accounts. At Termedia, we do that for all Termedia employees. And use a password safe. So the password safe will help you with all the different accounts to remember that. Um, we will roll out at Termedia LastPass, um, but you can use another password safe, the, just that you use at least the password safe, that's important.